Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Luke chapter 2. How amazing were the kids, huh? We were going to give them donkeys and sheep, and we said, that's a bad idea. We'll wait for next Christmas. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to begin to read in verse 8, and um, I'm just only going to speak for a few minutes, and then we'll worship Jesus one more time. But we've been talking about the unexpected Christmas for the last several weeks, um, and we've been talking around that theme, the unexpected and I really think the first Christmas, this story that we're reading now was completely unexpected. And so we've been following that theme and we're going to wrap it up today. The unexpected Christmas. Picking it up in verse 8, it says this. And then there were shepherds there living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Somebody say all people. people. Not just some, but it's for, for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rest. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. We'll read one more verse and finish it there. so, So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The baby was lying in the manger. We've been talking about the unexpected Christmas uh, for the last several weeks, and I want to finish that one today out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 16. And again, I'll share maybe for about 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll worship. But really just want to put our focus back on everything that Christmas is about. Amen? Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head. Let's pray really quick before we get into it. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word, and we thank you, God, that your word is infallible. It is awesome, God, and we pray that it speaks to our soul today. We thank you for this community. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this family. God, I pray that you would encourage people right now. If anybody walked in with their head down, if anybody walked in discouraged today, if anybody walked in with no joy, I pray that they would find joy this morning. Holy Spirit, that you'll begin to work in our hearts even right now, God, that you'll begin to do surgery on the soul, God. And that you'll bring healing and freedom in Jesus' name. We love you, God. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Come on, all of God's people say. Come on, 11 a.m., can you give Jesus one more shout of praise? Come on. Big, big praise. We've been talking about the unexpected. A few weeks ago, we started talking about unexpected change of plans that happen in life, right? You don't, you don't plan things out, but, but all of a sudden, some things will happen in life. God will interrupt your schedule, and unexpected things will happen all of a sudden, right? 
Last week we talked about unexpected people. I think many times we, we think that God only comes to certain type of people, but, but Christmas comes to remind us that God comes to all people. Can I get an amen? amen. Today I want to talk about unexpected places. Unexpected places. Have, have you ever been looking for something only to find it in the most unexpected place? Only to find it. I mean, I'm telling you, this happens all the time. Me and Diana, we ha we have a small dog, a very very small dog. Um, her name is Nikki. She's a very she's so small. She looks like a little rat, right? She's just like a rat. And uh, but it's a dog. It's a little dog named Nikki. And and we've had Nikki forever. In fact, last week she needed to have surgery for uh, some things that she had complicated within her. So she had surgery, but she's a champ. She's doing strong. She's walking around with a cone around her head. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And so she's a cone head right now, hitting all the hallways of the house. House and Nikki's awesome, but Nikki's really tiny. And I remember about a year ago, year and a half ago, we had this had never happened. We've had her for as long as we've been married. Uh, actually, her ex boyfriend gave it to her, which um, <laughs> but I love Nikki. <laughs> I do, I'm the stepdaddy, but anyways. Um, <laughs> anyways, Nikki, why did I just say that? Anyways, Nikki. Nikki's, <laughs> Nikki's really small, and this had never happened to us. We've been married now nine years, never happened to us, but about a year and a half ago, uh, we were walking around the house, and, and we can't find Nikki anywhere. I'm talking about she's really small. We can't find her anywhere. We're like, Nikki, Nikki, we think Nikki's lost. And, and in the corner of our room, we have a hamper for dirty clothes. Right in the corner corners between the hamper and a TV stand that we have back there, in the little, little corner, she is asleep like just sound asleep our dog snore anybody have dogs that snore like little snoring dog right in the corner but she was in the most unexpected place right like whoa we didn't think Nikki would be there they said never happened she's not in her bed she's not she was just there in that little corner yesterday we went to the mall to do some last minute shopping anybody got to do last minute shopping before tomorrow come on few of us I know you're getting ready to head out and do all that um, we went to the mall and I was looking for a shirt somewhere, and while I'm going through some shirts, I find a kid's toy through the shirts. I mean, this is just, the malls are chaotic right now. The malls are insane, and so people are throwing stuff everywhere. I'm looking for a shirt, and I find a toy, right? You will find things in unexpected places. Can I tell you this morning that, that God often, he shows up in unexpected places, the places that we don't think God will be there. What happens is that a lot of us, we think that God only shows up in certain places, right? Like, like, like we have expected places where God will show up. We think God, he'll show up only in good people's lives. Like, oh, man, he, 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 God is only in, in people that behave good or, or do good. God is with them, right? We think God is only with people that are faithful and obedient. Like, God, where is God at? Only with the faithful and obedient. You want to know where God is? God is there. He's with the faithful and obedient. God is only there when you're doing good. God is only there when you're worshiping. God is only there. Like you, we have these expected places where God is going to be at, right? We have expected designated places where we think. Like we think God for sure, God is in church. Like of course God has to be in church. How many know many, many times we have more of man than of God in churches, right? But we think that God for sure, he, he has to be in churches around the globe, right? God for sure is in church. We think that God is in, he's, he's in pastors and leaders' homes. That's where God is. Like if you want to find God, he must be in a pastor's home, in a leader's. Like for you walk into Pastor JP's house, there's angels flying everywhere. And, and, and it just sounds like heaven. Been, right like for sure God is there right 
God is in those places. God is in the places of victory and God is in the places of faith. That, that's for sure where God is. But I just think that really causes a problem because a lot of times our life doesn't look like victory. A lot of times our life doesn't look like where we think God will be. And so we're like, wait a minute, if God is only in those places and I'm not in those places a lot of times, then God, he must not be with me, right? Because I, I'm not there, Alex. I'm, I'm not in that place. I'm not in a place of victory. I'm not in a place of faith or obedience. Uh, my life is not, it's not there right now. Life sometimes can look kind of dark. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Life sometimes can look a little messy and, and life can be difficult. Life will surprise you. Life is unexpected and, and life will leave you looking like a mess. God, he must not be in my mess because God doesn't live in messes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the big problem that it causes is then that we often think that, that we're alone in the mess. I'm alone because God is not in the darkness. You feel alone because God, he cannot be in the darkness. God, God, for sure you're in those places, but my life right now, my life is dark. My life is messy. My life is crazy. My life is chaotic. You're not, you're not in my life. I've made too many mistakes. I've, I've messed up too many times. I've gotten up and, and fallen again. I don't have as much faith as some people, and, and I disobey so many times, and I mess up too many times, and I just went through a divorce, and, and my life is crazy right now. For sure, God is not with me in this divorce. I, I just went through some sickness, and for sure, God's not with me in this. My family is a mess. For sure, God's not in this mess. Life is chaotic. Life is dark. Life can be sad at times. Have you ever heard somebody say, like, right now, I'm just in a dark place? Have you ever heard that? I'm in a dark place because life can leave us in dark places. Or like right now, I'm just in a dark place. I'm in a dark place. And so we're celebrating Christmas. We got trees. We got lights. We got shepherds and angels and Mary and Joy. We got, it looked like we even had Lucy and Linus up here. And it was amazing, right? But, but there's no joy in our life because we're just in a dark place. And we're trying to figure life out. And so God, he must not be in my darkness. He, he, I'm in chaos right now. I'm confused. Life has made no sense. I'm, the bills are not paid for. Finances are all over the place. Family situation is crazy. We don't even know where we're eating lechon tomorrow night, and, and family's fighting, and I, I just don't even want to celebrate because I'm in a, in a dark place, right? I just think Christmas really comes to remind us all that this is what it's about, that it doesn't matter how dark your life is, and it doesn't matter where you find yourself. This is why Jesus came down to humanity so that he would find us in the exact place that we are. There's something I want to tell you. If you, remind, if you remember anything this morning, I want to tell you this. There is no place too dark in our lives that God can't invade with his light. There is no place too dark in our lives that God can't invade with his light. I'm telling you, this is for someone this morning. There is no place too dark in our lives that God can't invade with his light. I want to tell you this morning that God, he does not avoid darkness, but God invades our darkness. This is the God that we serve. God is not afraid of darkness. God is not off at a distance when he sees our darkness. But God comes right into our darkness and he shines his light and he will be in that unexpected place. For sure God can't be with me in this darkness. I want to tell you that his promise is greater than our darkness. 
God shows up in our darkness. That's where he wants to show up in your life this morning. I know we're on Christmas Eve Eve and we're about to celebrate something amazing and, and you can't find no joy and maybe you're confused and you're saying definitely he didn't come for me because I'm in darkness. It's in that unexpected place where Jesus shows up. Amen. I'm telling you, this is what it's all about. We've been reading Luke for the last several weeks and I love the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke because Luke, he, he's an awesome author. If you want to read an amazing gospel, they're all amazing. But if you're into very, very small details, you've got to read the gospel of Luke. Luke, he, he's an author. He's a doctor. He's also a historian. So, so the gospel of Luke has a lot of small details that the other gospels don't have. And we've been talking about all that for the last couple of weeks. But, but the gospel of Luke has one small detail that no other gospel writer included in the birth of Jesus. In fact, no other even evangelist or preacher um, that had anything to do with the writings of the New Testament even included it. But, but Luke included it. Remember, Luke, he's into details, right? And so we just read Luke chapter 2, and he talks about the angels talking to the shepherds. And Luke, he, he gives us the details that the angels, they come to the shepherds and they say, this will be a sign to you. What's the sign? I mean, if, if this is the Son of God, that's coming down to earth, the sign must be that he's going to be in the presidential palace in a golden crib, <laughs> right? That's where the Messiah is going to be at. Follow the star to the most golden crib you can find and where there are harps and angels playing, that's where God is at. That's where the Son of God, but you want to find God, go to the brightest, most presidential, luxurious place that you can imagine. That will be the sign to you. No, he says, this will be the sign to you. You'll find the baby laying in a in a manger, in a manger. Really? A, a manger? A manger? <laughs> right, like we, we look at a manger, and, and for us, I think we've kind of like, we've kind of made the manger cute in, in, in you know, throughout the, the last, you know, centuries of human history. The, the, the manger's cute, right? And we have Mary and Joseph and little sheep and little cows that don't make no noise, right? And, and this is awesome. But, but the manger was really the feeding trough for animals. It was a feeding place. It was a dirty place. It was a messy place. Mary and Joseph, like, they, they couldn't find a place where to lay Jesus, so they laid him in a manger. It says that there was no room at the inn. The original translation really means there was no room in the guest house. They were probably in Joseph's family relative's house in Bethlehem because that's where he was from. His house was probably full of people, and so they gave him the back, 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 back room. Usually it was in a lower chamber where they would keep animals at night so they wouldn't sleep in the cold. Well, that back room, there's a little bit of space there if you guys want that corner, and she can give birth to Jesus there. Like, a lot of times, isn't it crazy we... The manger, sometimes it looks like it was an accident. Like, hey, there's no room. Sorry, God is in heaven. Like, oh, my God, Gabriel, have you called all the hotels? Have you tried, you know, hotels.com? I mean, come on, something must be available. Are you serious, right? But, but imagine, the manger was planned since the foundations of the earth. Like, God knew exactly where Jesus was going to be laid on the first night of his birth here on earth. He on purpose didn't choose a nice guest room. He on purpose didn't choose the nicest hotel. He on purpose chose and designated this time and this place to show us that it doesn't matter how, how dirty, it doesn't matter how messy, it doesn't matter the chaos, it doesn't matter the darkness. That's where God comes to invade and that's where the Son of God comes. He comes to the back room, the lower chambers, the messy places. That's where God comes to invade. The manger? <laughs> like God, really, the manger? Where animals come to feed themselves, now humanity is going to come to feed their souls. 
right? Like that's the manger. The, like Mary and Joseph probably had to clean it up a little bit and, and take some of the old food off and, and, and put some cloths in and say, this is where we're going to lay the Son of God. Luke, it was important for Luke to detail this because remember, Luke is writing to a bunch of non-Jewish people or unbelievers, and he's trying to show them details of the Son of God. And so he included the manger for a reason. It was important to Luke. I think it was important to God, and it should be important to us. It's showing people that are far from God that God, he, he comes to you. He comes to you. The manger was usually in a room just for, for animals. It was the feeding trough. It was way, way in the back, right? It was the last room usually of the house, and it was usually in a lower, lower chamber. It, isn't it crazy? That's how sometimes life will, will get us feeling. Life will get us feeling like we're the outcasts, like we're the forgotten about. Like sometimes it looks like all of life is moving ahead and we're stuck in the back somewhere. It seems like marriages, they're all getting worked on, but our marriage didn't work out. It seems like families, they're all advancing and they're having a great time and everybody's laughing, but, but my life is not advancing. I'm forgotten about. I'm, I'm outside in the margins. I'm way in the back. I'm in the dark, in the messy, in the dirty place. Sometimes life can leave us leave, feeling lonely. Like, like just, I'm alone right now. Right? Loneliness is huge. A recent study just came out. In fact, we talked about it a few months ago in our Better Together series, uh, but they just did another study last week. Loneliness is killing people more than ever in our country now. Right? Loneliness is real because all of life is moving ahead, but for my life, I'm just stuck here by myself. I have nobody else. And friends have left me. People that I love have left me. People I never thought have betrayed me. And, and we go through life's ups and downs and hurts and sad times. And, and often we can feel like a dirty manger in a back forgotten room. But what I love about the Son of God coming to the manger, the first thing that I love about this Christmas and what it reminds us, the first thing we got to remember is that we are never going to live alone. We never live alone because of what Jesus did in Christmas. You don't have to live alone. You don't have to live forgotten about. You don't have to live in the margins as an outcast. He has not forgotten you or he has not forgotten me. He's the God that remembers us. He didn't choose to, to come and live in a palace. He didn't come to choose to come and be born in a place where all of humanity could see him. He came to the, to the lonely, to the broken, off in the back room, in the lower, lower chambers where it's dark and it's cold. That's where he came so that he would remind you and he would remind me that we never have to live alone. He is always with us. You are never alone. In your darkness, he's with you. In your loneliness, he's with you. In our mess, he's with us. This is the God that I serve and this is the God that you serve, the God who's always with us. He's faithful. Time and time again. Come on, is anybody grateful that we serve a God that is, he's with me, he's with me. He's with me when I don't understand and he, he's with me when I don't get life and he's with me when I'm off at a distance and it seems like nobody else understands my world. He's there, he's there, he's there. The manger represents the distance, the loneliness, the forgotten about the outcast, he's, he's there. That's where he was born and that's where they laid him in the manger, right? Don't know if you feel lonely this morning. Don't know how you walked in. Don't know if you're not looking forward to this Christmas. And maybe this Christmas you're like, I don't even want to celebrate. I don't want to do anything. And you feel like nobody else understands you. You're in that dark place. Can I tell you, he's in that unexpected place. 
you don't think God would be there, but, but he's there with you and he's there with me. This, this place wasn't a place of prestige. Like it wasn't a place of royalty. Like this was a humble, low place. Like I said, it was back in a room in a lower chamber. And life can feel like that sometimes. And, and sometimes when we're feeling like that back room, sometimes when we're feeling like that messy, chaotic, dirty manger, you, you know what can happen in our lives is that all of a sudden shame would come and, and shame comes to weigh us down. And God certainly, he, God certainly is not with me. Like, like I got nothing but guilt and shame in my life because I've messed up too much and, and I'm not doing well in life. My marriage didn't make it. My family's a mess. And my finances are all over the place. And all of a sudden, shame will come and cause your head to go down. And, and you can't pick up your head this Christmas because there's guilt and shame in your life because you feel, I've made too many mistakes this past year. I've, I've done too much wrong. And, and God certainly must not be with me in my mess. Everybody's out. Their, their life looks like cookie-cutter lives. It looks so clean. It looks amazing. It looks awesome. But my life does not look that way. Can I tell you the second reason why he came in the manger is to take the shame away. The Bible says that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what the past 12 months have looked like. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how messy your life may look like. He comes to the mess. He comes to the chaos. And he comes to take the shame off of you and off of me. This Christmas, lift up your head. Open up your eyes. you got a Savior that comes to take shame away. Come on. This is the Savior that we celebrate. Oh, come on. The devil is a liar. He'll want us to live down, and he'll want us to live discouraged and depressed, and he'll want us to live in our guilt and our shame and our sin. But this is why the Savior of the world came into earth, to take away the sins of the world. You're in your dark place. I know. I've been there. You're in that messy place. You're in that chaotic place, and shame will drive you crazy. I know. I've been there. Christmas is more than trees and more than lights and gifts. That's all good, and we celebrate that. That's cool, right? Like, I love that. It's more than Charlie Brown, and it's more than, more than Santa and all that. We celebrate. It's fun, right? But, but it comes to remind me that I'm not, I'm not defined by any mistake. And in Jesus, I always have the victory because the shame has been taken away. The place of shame was the place where the Savior came and was laid upon. Today, maybe that's where you find yourself. Life will have you feeling like, like I'm just in a dark place. I'm in a back place. I'm by myself. Nobody knows. And, and what happens is a lot of times when we're in that dark, forgotten place, we think that tomorrow has no hope. We think tomorrow nothing else is going to be better. 2019 focus, yeah, great, not for me, right, because, because there's no hope. Like, what, is it just going to be the same thing? I thought the same thing in 2017 and 2016 and 2015. And, and life, all of a sudden, all these hits just begin to take hope away little by little by little. And so all of a sudden, we don't live with expectancy, and we say it's just going to be the same old, same old, and my life is always going to be, you know, the same. It's always going to look the same. But I think Jesus coming into that dark, cold back room, into that messy, chaotic, dirty manger, third and finally, it comes to give us hope in the dark. 
you're in a dark place and, and hope has left your life. You're in a dark place and it seems like all the air is being sucked out of the room and it seems like, God, I, I just, I have no hope for tomorrow. Jesus, the light of the world, being laid down in a manger for me, it, it gives me hope. Because even when life feels like that cave, even when life feels like that room where it was nothing but dirty animals and a feeding trough, and it looked that like there was no hope for humanity, it looked like the government was, was just full-on corruption and they were oppressing the people and it looked like this was desperate times and God had not spoken in so long. All of a sudden, in the darkness, a voice came out. And it's the voice of the angel that says, I have some good news. Come on, there's good news even in darkness. There's good news even in the mess. There's good news even in the chaos. There's good news no matter how you feel this morning. There's good news for you and there's good news for me. Come on, this is what Chris is all about. He'll come to our messy, dirty, chaotic lives with some good news and light and some hope this morning. He's for you. He's with you. He's on your side. I've been there. I know. I know those dark places. And maybe mine doesn't compare to yours. And you're like, Alex, but I've been there. For me, it happened several years ago when I was about 21, 22 years old. And as many of you have heard before, I was born and raised in church my entire life. And, you know, from very little, running around church always, and my family's from Costa Rica. Um, I was born and raised here in Miami, but I hadn't seen a lot of my family in Costa Rica, and through the years, one of my aunts started coming to Miami, and so I met this one aunt that we had in Costa Rica, and I loved her. She was amazing. My dad's sister, she was incredible, and so that's the aunt that I basically only knew, and she was awesome, and I remember about 21, 22 years old, we get a phone call one day that they had discovered cancer in her brain, and... Um, Obviously, that was a huge shock to the whole family. And for me, really, that was like the only big tragedy I had faced in my life at the moment. And so we just started praying. And I started praying. I was full of faith, right? Grew up in church. and really never lost anybody in my family or anything. And so we started praying. And, and I was believing with my whole heart, like, God's going to heal her. Like, I'm just full of faith. What We're going to get the phone call. She is cancer-free and all that, right? And so for a year, we were praying. And almost a year later to the day, we get a phone call one day. I'll never forget. It was Easter Sunday. And we got a phone call that, that my aunt had passed away. And um, she didn't make it. And I remember my world just turned into a whirlwind that day. And, and I was like, God, but I had so much faith. You ever feel that way? God, but, but are you serious? I mean, I prayed and I prayed. And I thought you said you were a healer. I thought, I thought that you were the, the name above every name. And, and, and life just left me in a dark place because I was confused. I, I had no idea. Like, life just leaves you confused. Like, my theology wasn't nowhere as what it is now, right? I was young, immature believer, and so I, I got mad at God. I got angry at God. And, and, and days turned to weeks and weeks to months where I did not want to pray, and it started messing with me mentally. I'm talking about I went through some mental challenges. I'm serious, where, where nights where I could not sleep, and then I thought I was sick, and I thought I was going to die. And, and really, I mean, the devil just had a field day with my mind, right? In those moments where I was angry at God, where I was shaking my fist at God, where I did not understand life, isn't that crazy? Sometimes those darkest moments is where God comes to meet you the most. And he'll allow you to be upset and he'll allow you to go and shake your fist. God is not afraid of our anger, of our doubt, or of our questions. He's a big God and he's big enough to handle us. But he comes to me. My life felt like that dirty, crazy, chaotic manger questioning God and why God I don't understand. And 
I'm in the back. I, I'm all the way back, right? Like, I don't even have a guest room. I'm all the way in the back. I, I'm mad at God, and everybody's moving forward, but I don't understand God. This Christmas, let the manger remind you that he comes to meet us in those unexpected places. You're in darkness this morning. You're confused this morning. This is what Christmas is about. He comes to meet you right there. He didn't come to a palace where there's, you know, a bunch of security with a bunch of places that you have to check gate after gate after gate after gate. He's accessible. He's approachable. And he's saying, I'm right here with you. This is Jesus, the Son of God. I want, I want us to stand up on our feet all across this place. Went a little bit over time, and we're going to light some candles now and pray. And, but really quick, before we do that, can we just close every eye and bow every head all across this place? With every eye closed, with every head bowed, maybe, maybe you're in here. Maybe you're in additional seating or watching online, hearing this. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Come on, this is a serious moment. I want the church praying, dream team praying. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I, I feel like I have no relationship with God. I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. I know it's Christmas and I know a lot of people are celebrating. And a lot of people have joy and happiness and this and that. But Alex, I'm not there. I'm, I'm in that dark place and I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in here and you're, you're carrying that weight of shame and guilt and condemnation. And you're saying, there's no way that God will want anything to do with me because I've messed up too much and I've done too much wrong. Let Christmas remind you, this is why he came. He did not come for the healthy, he came for the sick. He did not come for the righteous, he came for the unrighteous. He came to make us well. The Bible says that God loves the world. But God can't be with sin, and you and I, we are, we are sinners. We've sinned, we've failed, we've done wrong. There's not one perfect person in this place. I've sinned, you've sinned, we thought wrong, we've said wrong, we've done wrong. And sin separates us from God, but God loved humanity so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came down to this earth, and he came to the most obscure far distant small room in the earth he came into darkness and he came into a cold chaotic messy night Jesus came and the Bible says that he lived 33 years and at the end of 33 years he carried all of my sins and your sins on his shoulders the Bible says that Jesus he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders and and he went up on the cross and they murdered him on that cross really he gave up his life for you and for me the Bible says that Jesus, he died for all of humanity. He died for us. Once he was dead on that cross, they brought him down and they laid him in a grave. And the Bible says that he was in a grave for three days. And when it looks like Jesus had been defeated, all of a sudden after three days, sin and death could not defeat him. And it says that Jesus resurrected from the dead. The stone was rolled away and Jesus, he's alive today. And I believe that he is the hope, the joy, the peace, the answer that you and I have been looking for. And today he wants to come and give you a brand new beginning. Today he wants to come and give you a brand new life, a brand new start. I can't think of a better Christmas or of a better Christmas gift than Jesus himself. Come on, as our church is praying, eyes closed, head bowed. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. 
Alex, I need a relationship with God. I've been far from God. I've been distant. And I thought God wanted nothing to do with me. Maybe you've been carrying around shame and guilt and you're saying, Alex, I need God. Today, he wants to give you a brand new beginning. Today, he wants to give you a brand new start. Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Today, he wants to come and he wants to take away all that shame, all that guilt. Today, he wants to forgive you of all of your sins. And he wants to give you a brand new beginning. As the church is praying, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I want Jesus in my life. I want that brand new start. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I want you to hold it up just for a second. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not, I'm not going to call you out. None of that. Every eye closed, every head bowed for privacy and concentration. Hold it up just for about two, three seconds so that I can see you. And I believe God is seeing you take this step of faith as you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Hold it up just for a few seconds and then you can put it right back down. Come on, as the church is praying. If that's you, if you need Jesus, if you want a brand new start, brand new beginning, if you want forgiveness, if you want a relationship with God at the count of three, raise it up. One, two, three. Raise your hands all over this place, all over the auditorium and all over additional seating. Hands everywhere. I see you, 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 I see you. Here in the middle, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you and you and you and you in the right hand. Put your hands up as well. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you and you and you and you. Amazing. In additional seating, we have some leaders back there as well. You can raise your hand as high as you can. Amazing. You can put it back down. Father, we thank you for all these hands raised. Thank you for every single person making a decision this Christmas to start a relationship with you. I'm going to say a simple prayer, and all of us with our eyes closed, head bowed, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. My prayer doesn't save anybody. The Bible says that it's our faith and trust in Jesus that saves us. Repeat after me. I want you to say this out loud. Say it strong. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say this out loud. Say, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, church, can we put our hands together? Come on, can we celebrate? Come on, so many hands that went up all over this place.